Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, everybody out the world. My name is Derek Kennenberg, and I am the host of this podcast, Walk by Faith. I hope that everyone is having a great evening. It's Saturday, a couple of more days until 2019. We're almost out of this year, and I'm praying that we can leave this year behind and all of the trials and tribulations that may have come to us this year, that we can learn to forget them and enter 2019 with many, many blessings and many, many prosperous moments of opportunities in which the Lord has for us. Because it is in the book of Jeremiah that the Lord says that, for I know the plans of your future, plans to prosper you and to take care of you. Let us always remember that God is our father and he doesn't want to see us in a bad way. He doesn't want to see us struggle. He wants to give his kids, us, the saints, those who are redeemed by Jesus Christ. He wants to give us freely, freely, just as just if, we, if, if you're a parent and you have a kid, a child, you know, a son or a daughter, if you have a, a kid, you want to do things for them naturally. So let's just let's just keep in mind how good God actually is and how much he actually wants to do for us, okay? He's not ever slack and he's always on time. So let's always have the confidence in which the Lord deserves. It's a bit of a different setting today. So you may notice that um my voice may be a little bit more secluded because I am actually up against a wall and I usually record in an open space, but um, most broadcasts involve me being alone, but I'm not alone today. So since I'm not alone, I had to steal away and I had to find somewhere else to to make this happen, you know, because uh, initially I did not plan on doing any recordings. Um, If I was going to record, it would have been earlier in the day, but that did not occur. But I don't know. It just, I believe the Lord put it on my heart to get on now and to put the message out there now, because apparently maybe somebody out there needs to hear this now. Okay. This particular broadcast, I'm speaking more so to the believer in Christ, the Christian, the the redeemed sinner, the saint. That's who I'm talking to today because there's a lot of people who are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And they, they are okay with just being saved. And I'm not saying that that's not... <laughs> that that's not okay. That is definitely something to to rejoice about and definitely something to be happy about. But what I mean by they're okay with just being saved, I mean that they're content with living their lives in solitude and loneliness. And they're content with not telling anybody their story. You know, they just, the only thing in which some Christians are concerned about is making sure that they're right with the Lord Jesus and that their salvation is secure. They're not thinking about anybody else in the world. 
They're not thinking about their neighbors. When the Lord told us to love thy neighbor as thou love thyself, is it is it truly love if we're not going to share our testimony with somebody else? Is that love? You know, to me, that is a clear demonstration that you really care enough about somebody to open up your personal story, your personal life to them just so they can see how serious you are and how serious the Lord Jesus should be taken. Okay. And hopefully after this podcast, if you're a Christian out there and you're a believer in Christ, you will be encouraged to be more open about your life, to be more open about your past and to be more open about your testimony. So today's episode is going to be titled The Importance of Your Testimony because it is very important we live in a world that that is that feels like there's no hope, that feels like this is all there is to it, that feels like we're not headed anywhere and there's never going to be any improvement when that's false. Believers in Christ have the truth, but some of us suppress that truth. And if you're suppressing the truth, if you're you're suppressing something that you know is going to help somebody else, where is the love in that? Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, it rings like it was yesterday. I remember what he said to his disciples. It's in the scriptures. The last words he said to them were, Preach the gospel to every living creature, to everybody. These were his his disciples. And, you know, maybe we don't use that term disciple here in, in the modern age of 2018, 19. But just to put it in perspective, a disciple is just a person who is a close follower of an individual. So if we don't have to use the word disciple, we can use the word follower. So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the Lord was talking to you as well, not just his 12 disciples. But he was talking to me. He's talking to you. He's talking to all of us. The the Lord has not commanded us to be quiet and to be silent. The Lord has commanded us to share the gospel with the world and to let people know who he is and what he's capable of. Like always in every broadcast, I'm going to be going through several Bible verses and you'll have to bear with me because I'm definitely not in my normal setup. So I kind of have everything literally sitting in front of me, including these verses in which um, I'm going to have to find and thank the Lord for technology because all of the verses that I find are on my iPad, so it doesn't really take me that long to to find those verses, okay? So we are going to begin in the book of Luke, um, Luke chapter 1, verse 32, and once I've found it, I'll let you know, let's see, I think that's the same one, no, it's not 32, forgive me, it's verse 32. Seven. Okay. And as always, feel free to read along with me um, in your Bibles, on your phone, on your tablet. It doesn't matter. 
the word of God has been around for thousands and thousands of years and the Lord promised to preserve his word. So each and every person has a Bible, whether you want one or not, because it's on your phone. Okay. And if you have a smart device, you too have a Bible. Okay. So we are going to Luke chapter 1 verse 37 and this is this is what i'm going to open with right here and we'll talk about it for with god nothing will be impossible and then, and that's just that with god nothing will be impossible everything is possible with god no matter what we go through in this life like, I, I sincerely believe that the Lord allows us to go through things, things that may make us uncomfortable, things that may make us sad, things that may anger us or put us in, dare I say, bad positions. But I feel that he does it just to show us that there is nothing impossible for him to change. There is nothing impossible for him to turn around and that regardless of whatever situation that we're in, he can change it. And these things in which we go through and we get through ultimately become a testimony that we can share because God, with God, everything is possible. Now, we can't say the same about mankind with men or we can't say everything is possible because we we being in the flesh, we being people, we have certain limitations. There are things that we can nowhere near on the magnitude of the Lord even comprehend to do. But Luke 30, but Luke 137, with God, nothing is impossible. Absolutely nothing. Okay, so let's go ahead and continue on. I'm going to go to the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament is not really somewhere that a lot of um, Christians these days tend to venture, especially the ones who are um, prosperity lovers, uh, but there's a lot of knowledge in the Old Testament. So I'm going to the book of Daniel and we will go to, let's see, Daniel 4, verse 2. And it reads, I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High has done for me. I'll repeat that again, just in case you're not reading along. Okay, Daniel 4, chapter 2. I thought it would be good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. So this is basically, you know, in the book of Daniel, um, Nebuchadnezzar's had a dream. And, um, you know, Daniel being the prophet is the interpreter of those dreams. And, and basically he's wanting to tell people, you know, what he's done for me, what the Lord has done for me. You know, these are just early, earlier stories in the Bible of people telling other people what God has done in their life. I mean, if, if think about it, if God has done something miraculous in your life, why would you want to keep that to yourself when it makes you feel so good, when it fills you with so much joy and happiness? Why would you want to keep that to yourself? No matter what it is. Because the fact is we live in a dark world and, again, people think that there is no hope. And when we hide the things in which God does in our life, it's like we're hiding his glory. It's like we're hiding the fact that he can fix things. It's like we're hiding the truth. And that's, that's, not, 
that's not going to build disciples. That's not going to bring people to the cross. It's, it's just not. It's going to push people into further despair and depression. I mean, a lot of people are committing suicide right now because they think that there's there's no hope. They think that they they will never be able to get out of their situation, and it's and it's inevitable. Um, I've talked to several people who say they just want to die and they don't want to be here anymore, and I'm like. You speak as if there is no hope in this world. You know, I, I can tell that these are people who who don't know who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And I feel in my heart if, if we shared our testimonies more so with people, it would give them hope as to as if God can do that for you. Maybe he can do that for me. Well, there is no maybe, ladies and gentlemen, if you get if you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are a son of God, a daughter of God. So it is you are now a top priority to him. So if there's something in which you need to get through, he's going to make sure that he gets you through it. So, okay, we're going to go to the next um, the next verse that is in first Peter. Let's see. First Peter. Three, fifteen, and mind you, ladies and gentlemen, you know all of all of my 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 broadcasts here are based on the Bible. Um, I don't do anything on my own account. Um, I feel I do what I feel led by the Holy Spirit to allow me to do, and that everything in which comes out of my mouth is going to be backed up by the Bible first and foremost. Okay, all right, so. 1 Peter 3.15 reads, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Always be ready to give an answer to every man who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with gentleness and fear. You know, the world is full of skeptical people who venture into different religions, different beliefs, different types of ways of, of just viewing life, worldviews, as they say, you know, you have people who fall into the line of is of um, Islam, you have people who fall into the line of Buddhism, you have people who fall into the line of Taoism and, and, and fall into the line of Shintoism, the Japanese religion. You have people that fall into Hinduism, spirituality, the new age. There's just so many different paths, but only one path leads to heaven. Only one path leads to the Father, and that is through the Son, Jesus Christ. And, and because us Christians and because believers, I'll say, because we say that and we, we recite that and we stand on that as being absolute fact, it almost makes it, we come off almost as arrogant to the world. You know, a lot of them will say, you know, how do you, how can you be so sure? How do you know? How, what's so special, you know, about this God, you know? And, and, I, and I read the verse again, you know, First Peter 3, 15, you know, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give an answer to any man who asks for a reason for that you hope, for the hope that you have. This is, this is a prime example of always Holding on to our testimony. There's always going to be somebody out there who asks, why do you believe what you believe? What's so special about this Jesus? Tell me about him. What has he done for you? And that 
is when you fall back on your personal testimony. Because everybody's testimony is different. If you want to know my personal testimony, go back to episode one and I'll tell you a little bit about how I came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. But every testimony is different. Just like every walk is different. You know, we, we should never compare walks. We should never compare how we all came to the Lord because the Lord has his own special way of calling us. But there will always be somebody out there who will challenge your beliefs. And if it's one thing that somebody who is not a believer in Christ can never take away from you, it's your personal testimony. They will never be able to take that away from you. They will all, you will always have that. You will always hold that dear to your heart. You will always know without a shadow of a doubt that it was the Lord who changed you. Like for me, I, I went through points in my life where I thought I could change and I thought I could control things and I thought I could do things my way, but it was not until I came to Jesus that things actually changed. Okay. And nobody can ever take that away from me. Just like nobody can ever take that away from you. This is very important. This is what I mean by the, the importance of a testimony. Share that with people like this who may question why you believe in Jesus or why you choose to follow Jesus and not Buddha or why you choose to follow Jesus and not Muhammad or why you choose to follow Jesus and not the realm of the spiritual. Okay. I mean, always remember that just because you say something doesn't mean that everybody's going to believe it right off the bat, unless you can give them a personal testimony, which a lot of times is not found in the book. Okay, we're going to go ahead and move on to Mark, Mark in the Gospels, five, Mark 519. Let's let's go. Mark 519. Okay. Mark 5, 19. This is Jesus speaking. Okay. And before I read the, um, the 19th verse, I mean, the verse before that verse 18, this is him casting out demons out of somebody. Okay. And we all know how, how often Jesus did that as he walked earth. He cast demons out of somebody. And I'm going to go to verse 19. And Jesus said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Okay, now this is, this is like fantastic. I mean, can you imagine this man who had several demons within him causing him to do all different type of things and to wreck all kind of havoc and to cause hell? In his area, can you just imagine the feeling that he had when Jesus took those demons out of him? He was free. No chains, no bonds. The Lord freed this man. And the Lord himself said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. For you and how he has had compassion on you. Jesus himself out of his own mouth is saying, this is what the Lord had, you know, of course, speaking to himself. I'm, you know, Jesus is God in the flesh. 
and he has taken these demons out of this man. He did this good work in this man's life. And he went back and said, hey, not going to tell your friends what I've done for you. And I believe the reason that he told them is so that they may believe. And at the end of the day, that's that's what this is all about. Sharing the testimony so that others can believe. Because if the Lord can can take demons out of somebody, if he can cast out devils, what can't he do? And And that's vital, important information that people should know. So the Lord told this man, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody what I've done for you so that they too can come to me and I can save them. A testimony, ladies and gentlemen, has the potential to save a soul. I say again, a personal testimony has the potential to save a soul. Regardless of how embarrassing it may be, or how hurtful it may be, or how joyful it may be, we never know what anybody is going through. And for us to tell the most personal testimonies in our life automatically wins us the trust of someone else. So they have no reason to not believe you. Going on to the next verse, sorry, the next um, chapter in Romans. We're going to go to the book of Romans. Let's see. This is Romans 10, verse 14. Romans 10, verse 14 reads, How then shall they call on me in whom they not believed? And how shall, they, how shall they believe in me of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know, this is basically the Lord saying, you know, how, how is anybody supposed to know that there is hope in this world if you don't tell them? How are they supposed to hear it if you don't open your mouth? I mean, if, if, if you don't go through anything and the, and the Lord doesn't redeem you, what is there to tell? Which is why I said, I believe he lets us go through certain things so that he can redeem us and, we, and so that we can tell. Let me read this again so we all can understand what's being said. Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call on him? This is Paul preaching. How then should they call on him? Uh, let's break this. Let's just break this verse down a little bit at a time. Okay. It says, how then shall they call on him? So Paul is saying, how, how can people call on the Lord Jesus? How? How? If they don't, if they haven't believed in him in order to believe, they need a reason to believe. They need to see the fruit. They need to see the evidence. They need to hear it. For faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. Hearing the testimony of the saints. And it continues. 
And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? If you haven't heard of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're, you're in darkness. This is why Christians cannot be quiet, especially in this time and this day and age. We can't afford to be quiet. We can't afford to keep things to ourselves because people are perishing every day without knowing the truth. And it says, how shall they hear without a preacher? How are they going to hear without a preacher? How are they going to hear without somebody evangelizing, giving their story? How are they going to hear without that vessel that the Lord uses? That's the whole purpose of this podcast. This is the vessel. I am the preacher. And I'm giving the message because the fact is, I don't know how your day was. I don't know who you've had conversations with today. I don't know who you've ran into or what type of things in which you have taken into your subconscious mind. But one thing I do know is that I'm utilizing this broadcast to open the eyes of somebody out there who may need to hear it. We're going to go to the book of Matthew. This is the last verse that I'm going to share. Okay. And it's Matthew 10. Verse 32. Let's see. Matthew 10, 32. Bear with me. Okay. Now, this is like. This is like a a very important, severe verse, okay, coming out of the the mouth of Jesus himself. And um, it's just, (laughs) you know, this is something in which you really want to take serious, okay? So I'm going to read it. Um, Matthew 10, verse 32. Whoever will confess me before men, him will I confess also. Before my father in heaven. But whoever will deny me. Before men. Him will I also deny. Before my father who is in heaven. You know this verse should wake up. Every Christian that there is in the world. You know the Lord. Didn't call us to be quiet. The Lord never told us to, oh, get saved and shut your door and just read your Bible and live like some monk. The Lord never told us to put duct tape on our mouths and to walk throughout society quiet with our heads down, knowing that we know the key to eternal life. The possession of that knowledge is more precious than gold. How dare Christians not? Share their testimony. How dare they not share the gospel of Jesus? How? You know, you know, I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna go ahead and give a, a personal testimony of my of my own. Okay. You know, we live in a day where persecution is at an all-time high. And the persecution of the saints has been going on ever since the, the um the days of Christ. 
We all know this because all of the disciples were hunted down and killed and murdered for the name of Jesus. But yet we have Christians these days that are afraid to voice and to speak up because of a couple of words that some community may not may may try to throw at us or the way some people may look at us and, and laugh at us and scoff. You know, a lot of Christians just don't like confrontation. A lot of Christians don't like to be under fire. A lot of Christians don't like to fight for the cross. So they're quiet and they keep their heads down. But the Lord said, you know, if, you, if you're going to deny me in front of men, I'm going to deny you in front of my father. What are you embarrassed about? What are you scared of? Were you stoned to death? Did you have to migrate underground just to have church? Were you hunted down one by one just for worshiping Jesus? Absolutely not. And to, to, I, I've said it once and I'll say it again. I mean, the, the, the modern Christian has a lot to learn. We can learn so much from our, from our, our ancestors who did this correctly. With no shame. I understand the, that society can really put the pressure on. Especially with social media these days. I understand that they can be harsh. I understand that they have no compassion whatsoever. But I want you to always remember that. That they didn't have any compassion on Jesus when they beat him to death either. So what makes you think that we deserve compassion? For the Bible tells us that uh, a servant cannot be better than his master. For the world has hated me, the words of Jesus, for the world has hated me, you too they'll hate. But just understand that they hated me first. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, we are to expect these things. We can't be ashamed. We have to speak up because it could be a life or death situation. There could be somebody out there who needs to hear it. And you can give them hope with your testimony. You can give them hope by telling them about Jesus. Would they, are you afraid they're going to reject you? If they reject you, so be it. You have planted the seed. Let God take care of the rest. Now, I'm going to close out this, this today's episode with, with a personal testimony of mine, okay? And it's... It's something that I feel that the Lord allowed to happen to me just so he'll let me know, you know, regardless of how the situation looks. I'm, I'll be there for you no matter what. A couple of years ago, I was living in this apartment complex with my wife and my, my two kids at the time. And um, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was, it was, the forecast was set for rain, you know, raining all night, hundred percent chance of rain all night. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, it, I, it's rain. I've lived here my whole life. It's, it's nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be scared of, nothing to be concerned about. So I remember getting off work that day when it was about five or six o'clock and I left work and I actually worked at a gym up the street, um, for you people out there who are curious, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer and I worked at a gym that literally was up the road from where I lived at at the time. And I remember coming home and then I also remember leaving home, going back to the gym because I left my cell phone on a piece of equipment that I was utilizing. So then I come back home and um, 
you know, just enjoying the evening with my family and resting, just listening to the rainfall. It was very peaceful, really relaxing. I remember reading the Bible that night and we all slept in the living room because that's just what we do. Or at the time, you know, it would be raining really hard, thunderstorms. So we kind of just want the family all in one room. So we just kind of camp out in the in the living room. Okay. Um, I, oh yeah, yeah. Going back to my job, um, I also had another job. I had two jobs at the time. I was working in another city, which was about a good thirty minutes away from my first job. But yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. Um. I woke up at about 4 a.m. that morning, and um, I woke up to the noise of, of, of a car horn, and I was like, what is, what is that noise? You know, it was, it was so loud, you know, it was like, um, you know, somebody needs to turn their alarm off, and I didn't know whose car was it, because, you know, there's a lot of cars where we live at, um, so I go into my kitchen, and I look outside, and I am like in shock at what I see. The rain never stopped. It never stopped. It, it in fact it 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 was a very very bad situation. It turned out that the complex in which we we were living in was it set low. It was like a bowl, basically, you know, with no, no outage as far as like relieving water. You know, none of that registered at the time. And but I look out in the window, and I see water. And I, I mean, water about four feet high. Okay, four feet high. Um, my car, well, there was water up to my tires. There was water up to my wife's tires. And we're like, oh, my goodness. So I just began praying immediately because I did not I didn't know what what was going to happen. And the water just kept getting higher. We lived upstairs and I, I, I it, the water just it kept rising. And I, I, I opened my door and I looked downstairs and the water's like rising, coming up the stairs so the people who lived, you know, under us, of course, had water inside of their apartments. And, you know, we didn't. And, you know, time just kept going and passing and the water kept rising and rising and rising. And then eventually the water was inside of both me and my wife's car. Like up to the steering wheel. Yes, it was it was really bad. And, um, there were a lot of cars and trucks, like really, really big trucks, nice vehicles near the back of the complex. And the back of the complex was even worse. Um, the water got up to about, like I said, four and a half, four and a half inches over where we live at. Um, but in the back of the complex, the water rose up at least, at least six to eight feet okay so it was it was deep enough to actually drown in it was you could swim in and that's how high this water was it was just very very shallow in the back of the complex and 
to say the least, I was terrified. Family was terrified. We didn't know what was going to happen. We were like, is this ever going to stop? Like, really? And eventually it did quit raining. And, you know, the water began to subside as time went on. And, um, you know, once the water was low enough, you know, we were able to, you know, get out of the the, the apartment. Um, mind you, you know, where I live, you know, this has never happened before. Ever. Ever. It's never it's never been reported. It's never been re- recorded or reported. This was a brand new experience for everybody. A lot of people lost a lot during that flood. A lot of people endured a lot of damage. Okay. So as the water subsides, you know, I go outside, you know, my kids are asleep. Me and my wife, we go out and we look and of course we go to our, our cars and, you know, it's, you know, water everywhere, everywhere. You know, the, the, the cars were basically underwater, submerged, you know, um, the, the, the hood, everything was submerged. So just for the heck of it, I tried to crank up, you know, my car and I tried to crank up her car. And of course, it um, it didn't it didn't work. It didn't crank at all. And um, you know, I was pretty upset at the time because I was like, you know, so many things run through your mind. You know, like you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How am I going How am I going to get my son to school? How am I going to get to work? You know, to both of my jobs. How's my wife going to get to work? You know, what are we going to do? And of course, in the natural, the, the the flesh, you you begin worrying. You're like, God, you know, what are you doing? Like, what is this? How could you do this to us? And, you know, I'm just shaking my head and I, I, in disbelief at this moment. I, I just don't know. I really didn't know what to do because I don't really have a lot of family here. Any family that I can honestly say that would be able to help me, you know, the closest relatives I have is about about an hour away from here, an hour and 15 minutes, I would say, in the next city. So nobody right near us. But it was it was a very um, it's just a very upsetting experience, to say the least. I, we've never been through anything like that before. So I, I forgot to mention that my, my mother-in-law, you know, my wife's mom, she lives here and she drove over with her car and can, she came and, and picked us up and took us, um, to, she brought us back to her house basically. And I'm sitting there trying to formulate a game plan, trying to figure out what I can do, who can I get in touch with because, the apartment complex basically evacuated the complex and everybody had to leave. Like everyone had to go. Like it didn't matter. It didn't matter whether your unit got touched. You had to leave. So we all had to leave. And, you know, thank God we had, we, we actually had several places we could go. And um, we ultimately ended up going to her, um, my wife's grandmother's house. Okay. Um, you know, God was at work from the beginning. He was. 
I called my mother and at the time, my, my stepfather at the time, you know, him, because they live in the next town, him and my grandfather came over. You know, they made the drive to come over because my stepfather knew a mechanic. Now, at this point, I had no idea whether anything could even be done. And so they came over with um, a really, really big trailer and they managed to get um, both cars. And they took both cars over to the next city. And, you know, of course, we're praying that, you know, some restoration can happen and something can happen. That maybe these cars can be fixed. And, um, yeah, that was the only thing I could do at the time. Um, God started working in the heart of my mother-in-law. She allowed us to use her car. Now, this is something that she's never done before, ever, ever. But I, you know, she let me use her car to take my wife to work and to, um, so, so that I can get to work, get to work as well. And she was riding to her job from her son. Her son would take her to work and pick her up. And, um, but, you know, that lasted for a good little, maybe a couple of days or so. So during that time period, like I said, we're staying at her grandmother's house. You know, with nowhere to go, nowhere to live as far as like having a home, somewhere to call home because we were basically told to leave the premises. Um, the leasing office at the apartment complex let whomever wanted to get out, out of the, their lease. So um, the lease was broken and I didn't have to pay a penalty or any extra money or whatever just to get out of it. So at that time, we could begin to look for somewhere else to live. So while I had my um my 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 someone say my stepmother <laughs> my mother in law's car, you know, I'm using it driving around the city looking to see where I can find, you know, it's not exactly easy to find somewhere to live, you know, on such short notice. But there came a time where my, 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 um, God, I don't know why do I want to say God, mother, <laughs> just thinking of God right now, but my, my mother-in-law needed the car back. So we gave her the car back. So I'm on the phone looking at, um, work, uh, rental cars because I was, I was desperate. I was like, you know, I, I can't not have a vehicle. It's going to be very hard to manage anything without a vehicle. Now, both of my jobs were very, very understanding. They, they knew my situation. They knew what I was going through, and they understood. So I didn't have any trouble. In fact, they were very cooperative um, in, in certain instances when I really needed them, okay? But we had to give the car back, and my mom calls me on the phone as I'm looking for Rental car places to see where I can find the best deal. How long can I keep a car? Because we don't have a car, okay? You know, my mother's like, you know, I have good news. I'm like, what? 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 What is it? Um, my grandmother, which is her mother, she has two vehicles. You know, she has a, she has a, um, she has a really nice vehicle. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put out there what kind of vehicle. Of course, you know I don't want people to 
try to compare status or whatever. But let's just say she has a really nice car and the other car, you know, is kind of like, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's old. Let's just say that. But she always kept it because it gave her good service. So my mother was like, you know, your grandmother's cleaning up the other car and she's about to send it to you. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is definitely like God working because I love my grandmother to death. But when it comes to things like that, like her car, like vehicles, things that belong to her, she it's un, it's unheard of that she would let anybody, anybody touch, drive, whatever the case may be with that car. But for her to say, I'm sending you this car. So you can do what you need to do was a blessing. And oh my gosh, I, I just couldn't believe it. That's when I knew right there. I'm like, it, God is actually working in the hearts of people that would typically not do things regularly. So we get the car and now we have a, a, a reliable, dependable um, transportation and that lasted for a couple of months. But before we get to the, the car situation, um, like I said, we were me and my family were living with my my wife's grandmother at the time. And I'm looking for a place to live. I ended up finding somewhere to live seven days later. And um, we ended up moving into that new place. And, you know, which is where we live now. Actually, we ended up finding the place and we moved in and. It was just that only seven days, seven days, seven days. Isn't that amazing? Like God turned things around in seven days. So within seven days, I was I had another car to drive and I had another place to live in seven days. Now, it was a little rough as far as um, transportation for both me and my wife for a little while, because like I said, I had two jobs and she had a job too and we had to we just had to make it work. We had to make it work. But it wasn't until about a month and a half later or so, you know, our cars were both being worked on and the mechanic said that my car was fixed, but my wife's car could not be saved because I it's it's it was just built differently than mine and the water just got to some parts that did not reach my car, but it just so happened to reach her car. So we lost her car, but I got mine back. And this gets even better. You know, we go and we go pick my car up we, and we clean it up and all different type of stuff. And we drive it back home. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm pretty sure my grandmother and grandfather are going to want this car back now. But I talked to my grandfather on the phone. He told me, he said, no. You keep that car as long as you need to. And, you know, I almost wanted to cry. I was like, wow, you you just, this is amazing. This is coming from people that have never really done anything like that for me before. And um, it was just, some, it was a great blessing. So we were able to, to utilize two vehicles. About another month and a half later, you know, we went to, we actually went to go buy another car for my wife. We got a car for her and she ended up with another car 
you know, it was, it's unfortunate because she had just paid the other car off and had to make the sacrifice and getting another car, but we did. So, but overall, you know, despite everything that we went through, all of that roughness and fear and wondering, God was in control the whole time. And I never forgot that story. It's not a story. I never forgot that point in my life because I utilize it all the time as a testimony. I tell people that all the time that regardless of what you're going through, you know, don't count God out. He can change any situation that you're going through, regardless of what it is. If God has done something amazing in your life, you need to share that with somebody. You need to tell somebody you need to be bold and open up because it can mean somebody coming to Christ. So I'm going to close this out with a little prayer and, you know, just just pray with me. Okay, Heavenly Father, you know, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, God, that you open the hearts and the minds and of these believers in Christ and let them speak. Let them tell the truth. Let them share what you have done in their life with their fellow people. For we're supposed to love one another and we're not supposed to keep secrets of of glory in which was given to you because people need help in this world. People need to be told the truth. People need you. So in order for them to receive you, they need to hear it. They need to see it. They need to know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. So I pray that these people share their testimonies, that they become bold and potentially bring somebody to the gates of heaven. I pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much for listening to the today's broadcast. Um, I pray that you all have a great evening. Remainder of the night, um, if you would share this podcast with somebody, please, you know, it helps out the, the broadcast and it also helps out somebody else who may be in need. You never know. Be blessed and I will probably see you in the new year. I'm thinking about making an episode on New Year's Day, so we'll see. God bless.